Hlu, Kai, Hlu, Hebran, Hlu. You're listening to What's This Dow All About? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism, and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn. What's this Tao all about? We're into episode two here. We don't have a name yet for the show, but it will appear in the credits of the show. So we will know the show that cannot be named much <laughs> like the Tao Te Ching. So, Sijo. Uh, yes. Sijo. I, I, I found this article the other day uh, on, online, and I, I, I love that when, when you open yourself up to things, like we were discussing on the last show, the magic happens, right? Yes. And I was, I was thinking to myself, I said, you know, I... I I, I need some ideas to talk about on this show to, to help get into things. You know, you need these sparks that help, spew, you know, the conversation happen. And so being open to it, a buddy of mine on Twitter posted this article, and I go, oh, that's what we need to be speaking about. I allowed for the magic to happen, and lo and behold, the magic happened. So I found this article the other day called The Cult of Being Busy by a lady named Dina Kaplan, and says... Over a leisurely lunch recently, a good friend lamented that he was too busy to read. I smiled. Our meal lasted an hour and a half, and then we strolled to a nearby restaurant evaluating the menu for an upcoming dinner party. My friend then headed to a meeting about a conference. I like that. Going to a meeting about a conference, right? That's a busy man, right? You can't just go to the conference. You have to have a meeting about the conference because uh, he's a successful entrepreneur. And uh, he didn't plan to attend, but he ended up going. And by the time he returned to work, it would be 4.30, more than four hours after he left for lunch. He had filled the day. He was busy. But the things that made him busy were the result of his own decisions. He didn't lack the time to read. He was simply choosing not to. Throughout the day, we face a number of decision points about how to spend time. Too often, we approach these decisions passively as if our hand was being forced, our free will compromised. Let me add one caveat. If you're, you know, if if you have young children, a bad commuter, several jobs, this piece should be meaningless because you are genuinely busy. Uh, my friend at lunch reminded me of what the Buddhist monk Sogyal Rinpoche. I'm not sure. Uh, Rinpoche. A uh, Rinpoche uh, calls active laziness the filling of our lives with unessential tasks, so we feel full of responsibilities, or as he calls them, irresponsibilities. <laughs> And I was thinking to myself, I said, you know, active laziness. When I heard that, I was like, it, it kind of hit me like a, a mild lightning bolt. I said, my day is filled with active laziness, whether I'm sitting on social media, looking at stuff that really isn't germane to my life, or I'm sitting in an office when I could have got my work done in about three hours and been done with it, staring at a computer screen. And this active laziness pulls my focus from anything of importance. And I become kind of a slave to those random noodling mm -hmm. thoughts. Yes. 
and I, I think, and then uh, on the an, another side of this, we've as a culture placed so much importance on being busy. We're like, if you're not busy, then you're not important. You're not doing anything worthwhile. And people they they call it busy brags. <laughs> Where like you see people, oh, I'm so busy. I work till eleven. Like there's a guy at my office, like I was here till eight, and I'm like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> right? Why would you want to do that to yourself? And I, I, you know, I want to think to myself, gee, maybe you're not very efficient if you were here till eight, right? You know, maybe you're working too hard on the wrong things, or you know, whatever. You know, one thing I liked about that article is that is where she says in there that maybe maybe being uh, busy. Rather than being a boast, should be a confession. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I'm busy. You yeah. know. Oh yeah. Poor, yeah. Poor me. Yeah. Um, what are we busy doing? We're busy filling up our time with things, with chores, with jobs, and at the end of the day, and at the end of a life, what does it all mean? You know, at the, I've worked with people who are dying. And mm-hmm. on their deathbeds, I guarantee you, not one person ever regrets that they were not more busy. Right. Yeah. In fact, their big regret is that they were too busy, too busy to enjoy life, too busy to have fun, too busy to spend more time with the people they loved, too, too they were too busy doing everything except living. Yeah. Really living. Yeah. And I think the Tao is a way that it's like it's like this little uh, bug on your shoulder that's going all the time are you living are you living are you just talking are you just existing and at the end of that of your days are you going to look back and bemoan the fact that you weren't busy enough or that maybe you were too busy and now and you missed it and you missed it yeah, you missed it. Yeah, and I, I the Taoists feel it, it's a shame to miss it. <laughs> yeah, right. This, <laughs> don't miss it. It's happening right now. It's right now. Yeah, that's it, why I love next week. <laughs> I love the title of that book by Ramdas. Be here now. Yes, that's very Taoist. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely. And so, uh, this might be a bigger. We're we're going to get again into discussing Wu Wei mm-hmm. on today's show and the second, um, this the second verse of the Tao Te Ching. Now, how? You know, we're saying don't, you know, don't occupy yourself unnecessarily with busydom. But how then does one, quote, be? Is being sitting down meditating? Is being taking a walk? Is being, because those are almost activities in their own way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? What is is the antidote to the busyness? Is Mm -hmm. it just allowing life to happen and not planning anything and just sitting down and interacting with, with the world in a uh, non-desiring way? You know, there's, there's a Taoist gathering every year up in um, Oakland. And a few years ago, I was the keynote speaker. Yeah. And my topic was being yeah. <laughs> and becoming, okay. as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, pertinent that you should bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are we supposed to be doing? Are we supposed to be doing anything? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know what? It was funny what? when I was in, when I was in, in I went to India, ah. and I I noticed that everybody in India was in a hurry to do nothing. That's that was my takeaway from that country. And there was there were people. They weren't homeless. They weren't 
they didn't appear to be homeless, but people would just lay down on the sidewalk or in the middle of the street and just, mm. you know what? I'm just going to lay down for a bit. Like, nobody in L.A., unless you're deranged, you know, just lays down on the floor. But you'd walk and you're like, here's another guy just just doing no, the, the most nothing you could do. He wasn't even trying to be in a specific place of doing nothing. Right. You're just like, this street right now, I'm just going to lay down and just do yeah. nothing. Talk and, about not doing. Yeah, exactly. Just not doing. Like, sometimes I not do on my couch or I not do. This guy was just not doing nothing. You know, I was like, there was part of me that really admired him. <laughs> you know, I was like, this guy's got it. He's got it together, you know. But, 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 you know, but I think it's an important question because all of us, every human being, certainly here in the West, we're confronted with every day, what are we doing? And what does that doing have to do with our being, yeah. who we are, and who we're in the process of becoming? Yeah. And, and can all of that be somehow harmonized so that they don't, they don't conflict? Yeah. Um, since Taoist encourage us to really fulfill our own inner nature. You know, there's a, every human being has a clock kind of going off inside of us. You know, we, we start out very young, right? Yeah. In fact, if you go back before birth, we're just a little cell, right? Then yeah. we're about four cells and then eight, and they keep dividing. See, so the, the nature of things, certainly from the beginning, is to grow and expand and become more. Right, And we're born, and every day, every second, as any parent will tell you, their kid gets bigger, it seems, every few minutes, right, yeah. after they're born. So we, They're we, busy being born. They're busy it? being born, yes. as uh, Mr. Dillon said. Yeah. Right, yeah. And then, uh, and we, then contract. we contract. And in fact, if you look at the universe from a prospect of a quantum physicist, they would tell you right now that the universe is doing two things simultaneously at all times. It is expanding ever since the Big Bang, but at the same time it is contracting. It is like breathing. It yeah. is expanding and contracting. And out of that interaction of expansion and contraction comes reality. Things are birthed into being. I think every human being, as a Taoist practitioner, I look at every human being every second as becoming expanding, but yet contracting, because we're moving, he we're heading towards what? Non-being. Okay. We're headed towards death. Yeah. You know, and what's the cause of death? Birth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Birth is the leading cause of death. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I would, In fact, it's the only cause of death. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, uh, you know, I was thinking, we were talking about... But in between, what happened? We were busy. We were, we were, we were busy. We were, yeah. we, we were being, we were doing, we were, we were doing whatever we were doing. And if we took the, our, the fact, if we took, if we go to the end and we take death and we look at that at all times as something that's stalking us, haunting us, calling to us because we're moving there it's it's calling us yeah yeah and but if we know that rather than death being this awful horrible scary thing out there you know to be afraid of death actually becomes a teacher it yeah. teaches us every second to make the choices to really live in a fulfilling complete manner 
that will make us, at the time we get to that last day in our final breath, say, you know, I did okay. Right, yeah. yeah. I did I'm, okay. I'm ready now. Yeah. I'm ready now. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't so busy. I missed me. I right. missed it. I missed this whole adventure. Right. I was too busy doing stuff rather than being me. Right. And that's what I think that's getting to. Can I be me every moment? And what does that take? Right. What does that take? What type of courage does that take? Yeah. You know, am, am I able to choose my freedom to do that? Uh, understanding that I don't understand it all, but still be willing to keep going. Right. Based on what's in my heart. What's in my heart. And the Tao is a reminder. That, you know, the, the, the Tao is, to me is kind of like a correction. You know, yeah. here we, we, you know, we get so busy doing this and doing that, and then the Tao is going, uh, 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 uh. it's like this little nagging thing on our shoulder going, yeah. you know, you're going to die. You were born and you're going to die. In, but in between, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? What are, what are you, you doing? doing? What's This Tao All About is recorded at the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Check out the TaoistInstitute.com. See their schedule of classes, including Taoist meditation, Kung Fu, and Qigong. That's TaoistInstitute.com. See, Joe. Yes. Wu Wei. Wu Wei. Wu Wei sometimes thought of as being kind of like effortless action or not doing, if you will. Um, what does that mean? What does it mean to do something without effort, to simply allow something to be? Um, how, how is that going to give us a guideline for how to, how to live yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a more fulfilling way? And... You know, I, the Tao recognizes, as we've been discussing, that things have their own natural rhythm. Things progress in their own way. Um, as long as the basic ingredients are there for life and for progression, things will have their own inner clock. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to progress in a way that is natural to them. And we, we, we have our own Every, inner clocks that, that we have to learn ourselves, you know, which is the weird yes. thing. It's, it's, it's my clock. Yes. But only now as I get to the age of 38 or whatever, I have an understanding of it much deeper than I did when I was 20. Yes. And, and the clock keeps changing. But I feel, you it's know. It's often referred to as circadian rhythm, right? Yes, yes. Our own biological clock that yeah. every human being has. But because I think we're so busy, we often are out of sync with that biological clock. Mm -hmm. And when we really feel like we should be resting, what are we doing? We're working overtime. When we really feel like, oh, I'm kind of hungry, I should be eating. Yeah. Well, we might take time to eat, you know, go grab fast food and just shovel it in and then get right back to work. Right? Yeah. Or we might just kind of starve ourselves and then massively overeat at the end of the day or something. What we didn't do was when we were, you know, the Chinese say, when, when, when the sage is tired, he sleeps. When he's hungry, he eats. Uh, 
he's attuned. The sage is, is a being who is attuned to their own inner nature yeah. and their own inner clock. And they don't, they don't get so busy doing that they avoid not doing when that's in their best interest. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, since everything has an ebb and a flow, you know, in order to shoot an arrow, what do you have to do? To pull back, you have the, to pull uh, back. You have to increase the tension, and then you have to release. let it go. You yeah. have to release it. See, so all of nature is following this rhythmic cycle of tension and letting go and releasing, and then it starts anew. Yeah. When we violate that, because we're so busy doing something, or it, we have a it, desire it, in going into something that we have to violate the natural rhythm of something. Exactly. And then you probably get a non-satisfactory result. And think about this in your own life. It's certainly been true in my life. Think about something you really, really, really wanted badly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, the trash compactor was a Star Wars <laughs> toy when I was a kid. I just wanted the Death Star playset <laughs> with the trash compactor in it. That's all I wanted. And, and, and two things frequently happen as a result of this attachment to desire. One, we get it, and then it's not what we thought, or yeah. it breaks, or it, it's, our, 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 our interest evolves, and this thing we wanted so badly yesterday, now we could care less about. Yeah. Or we don't get it, and we find out that the best thing possibly that could, would possibly happen is the fact that we didn't get that. Because not getting that opened up the possibility of getting what we really needed right, down yeah. the road. That's happened to me with jobs, with all sorts of things. Yeah. And, and so this, this being so stuck on doing often works to our disadvantage. And the book of the Tao indicates that sometimes through not doing, through pausing, through waiting, through being patient, things move into their own natural harmony and rhythm. And then when we put our energy behind that, it works better. Yeah. Okay. But it, but it took us pausing and allowing things to develop in their own time, in their own way, for it to manifest in its suchness, in its fullness. Right. To, to let it completely bloom or, you know. I, I found that this concept works in, in my relationship with my wife as a, yes. as a married man. My, I, I realize this, the way, <laughs> the Tao of Mrs. Perry, is that whenever she's introduced to something new or, or whatever, she always first pushes against it, first... Uh, no, this is terrible. No matter what, it, no matter what news is, it's just no matter. Even if it's good news, sometimes she'll push against it. But ten minutes later, it sits, it sticks in her mind, and she absorbs it. And then she'll always come back and go, "You know what? That's not such a bad thing," or "That's a fine." <laughs> now, for years, I would the moment she'd push back. I'd then push back. Right. And then it would become a fight. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> it, no, it, terribly. And so it's, I, I feel like it's almost like a wu-wei thing that yes. I say it. She has a reaction. Yes. I wait. Mm -hmm. I acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And then 10 minutes later, she oh, that's fine. So now <laughs> it's no longer a conflict in our relationship. Exactly. Right? But it took me so long to not my desire was to have her react in the way I wanted her to react. Right. And it's never going to happen. Right. So, but on, the moment... On, on your own timetable, too. On my... Yeah, exactly. On my... The, the X and Y axis. Right. It had to be the outcome that I want 
A, B, and in the time I wanted it. Exactly. The, actually, I get the outcome I want, or else maybe I wouldn't stay married to, to her, uh, <laughs> 10 minutes down the road. And now it's fine. But that feels to me almost like what Wu Wei is, but not just in dealing with my wife, but in dealing with uh, if I'm pushing a wheelbarrow. Yes. Right? You know, I'm working with the wheelbarrow. Yes. Or if I'm cutting a tomato. Yes. My dad used to always say, he would say, Todd, let the knife make the effort. Don't try to chop the tomato mm. using your hand or your muscles. The knife is a perfect instrument that cuts it. You just don't get in the knife's way. See, your dad was a Taoist. I like he that. Was, he was a West Virginian Southern Taoist. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. And as, as a psychologist, you know, and I have to do marriage counseling sometimes and family therapy sometimes. You see this, of course, all the time happening in relationships. Yeah where people just push and push and push each other until they push each other right out of their lives. Right. Right? <laughs> Whereas if they did what you just suggested, just pay attention, be patient, wait, listen. Often people really just want to be heard. Yes. Right? Yes. Then if it's meant to be, it will happen. If it isn't, it won't. Yeah. See, and that's a very Taoist way of looking at things. That is a Wu Wei way yeah. of looking at things. Write about the Wu Wei of marriage. Uh, also, I, I, I've learned that, I don't know who said it or where I learned, is that, you know, you can't change people, but you can always change how you react to them, and then they will change. Yes. Like, so I can't, I can't say, see, Joe, you know, stop doing this or that, right? I, I can't do that. But if I react differently to that behavior from you, because we're, everybody's in a symbiotic relationship, yes. You yes. will change. Exactly, exactly. And I'm sure you've discovered that with your wife. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you have. I've learned to stop acknowledging certain behaviors <laughs> that maybe drive me up a wall a little bit. I love the gal. But, you and, know, and, and when I talk to couples that have been married for 50, 60 years, you know what they tell me? Hmm. That. They, they, the, the reason they were able to make a 50-year marriage work is because they accepted each other in all of their idiosyncrasies and in the, these like di little different time alignments. They, you know, they, an old man said to me, you know, sometimes she'd say this or that, and I'd go, you know, she doesn't really mean that. It's okay, yeah. and he'd just wait, and then the moment would pass, and then they go right back to loving each other. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and, but, and and it's that doing nothing, letting the moment pass. Where the, with the Western mind, it's kill it, hit it with a hammer, right. beat it over the head, fix right. it. Not just, just let it go. Right, right, right. And and that that's a very that show that's very uh, telling of the kind of the Western way of trying to accomplish a lot of things. You know, we want to beat it over the head. You know, if we have a germ, oh, we got to kill it, wipe it out, antibiotic. You know, whereas the Chinese way, Chinese medicine. It's much more, let's support the system, let's support the immune system, let's make the entire organism healthier, and then it will just balance itself out. Right. We don't have to try to kill this and kill that. You know, if the system is healthy, it will do naturally what needs to be done. It will, yeah, it will naturally. Do. And that's Wu Wei, allowing things to just happen naturally the way they occur. But... That only happens when, A, you respect that there is a natural rhythm to things, and B, you create an environment, a milieu, within which that can happen. It, it involves a lot of trust. In, in total trust. I think that's the yes. hard thing. You're, 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 it's a complete almost devotion or faith in the Tao. 
you in know, the way to let it go. You, you, know, my you don't life, have to control things. My life became a lot better years ago when I realized something, that nothing ever turns out to be as bad as I think it will. Yes. Once I got that through my thick skull, yeah, it got that's a lot such a easier. hard thing, though, to, to get through your skull, right? You know? It was very hard because we want to try to control the outcomes. We want to try to fix things. We want to try to make things happen. Yeah. We want to try to impose our ego, our will on reality. And the world is looking at us going, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, the, the line, there's a lyric by the songwriter Pete Doherty. It says, you know, the boy kicked out at the world, and the world kicked back a lot harder. Yeah. And there's an F-bomb in there somewhere. But, like, you, you know, that's always the way it works. You kick out at the world, the world will always, you know, come kick back at you. And uh, I, I, You know, people, people always ask me about Wu Wei. And I, just like the Tao or Yin and Yang, you know, we could talk about Wu Wei, I'm sure, forever. Yes. You know, forever. Not doing, not doing, doing without doing. Effortless action. You see, not doing doesn't mean that you do nothing all the time. It means you do what needs to be done, the amount it needs to be done, at the time that it needs to be done, yes. and in the way in which it needs to be done. In other words, you're, you're moving so in harmony with the flow of how something is naturally developing. It happens without effort. It's that effortless action that I think is the key to Wu Wei. It doesn't mean that you just sit around and never do anything, because that's probably not in your way. Yeah. It's pro and that's probably not in the way that your life, your existence, is progressing. Yeah. You know, there are things that, in order for you to complete your mission, if as it as it will, you know. Your mission, should you decide to accept it, <laughs> is to be Todd. <laughs> but maybe sometimes, as of Wu Wei, I decide not to accept the mission, right? Then that might be part of your of this not being so busy, right? 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 right. 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 The second verse of the Tao Te Ching. Under heaven, all can see beauty as beauty, only because there is ugliness. All can know good as good, only because there is evil. Being and non-being produce each other. The difficult is born in the easy. Long is defined by short, the high by the low. Before and after go along with each other. So the sage lives openly with apparent duality and paradoxical unity. The sage can act without effort and teach without words. Nurturing things without possessing them. He works, but not for rewards. He competes, but not for results. When the work is done, it is forgotten. That is why it lasts forever. So, the chapter... Yes, our chapter of the day is chapter two, correct? Yes. All right. And I will read the English portion, not the Chinese, <laughs> on the book. And uh, this is chapter two of the Tao Te Ching. Under heaven, all can see beauty as beauty only because there is ugliness. All can know good as good only because there is evil. Therefore, having and not having arise together. Difficult and easy complement each other. 
long and short, contrast each other. High and low rest upon each other. Voice and sound harmonize each other. Front and back follow one another. Mm. Therefore, the sage goes about doing nothing, teaching no, teaching no talking. The 10,000 things will rise and fall without cease, creating yet not possessing, working yet not taking credit. Work is done then forgotten. Therefore, it lasts forever. Hmm. How, I mean, you, uh, okay. <laughs> I guess we start at the beginning. I, you know, I love that under heaven, all can see beauty is as beauty only because there is ugliness. Mm. These things are, I was always thinking to myself that you're never going to get out of certain cycles in life because like if we lived in a perfect world where there was no quote unquote violence, there would always be violence because you wouldn't have somebody shooting somebody, but a slap from one human being to the other would be the most worst violation, right? <laughs> and it would be almost as serious as a murder if you, because you just change the spectrum, right? <laughs> you know, like when you, you, like you're always going to have inequality because maybe the, if the richest man in the world had $2, a very impoverished man would have $1 versus a billion dollars, you know, versus $20. You know what I'm saying? There's mm. always, you're always in these cycles, that are inescapable in, in a certain way. Hmm. Um, you know, this ability to kind of tolerate, even appreciate the role of polarities in life, I think is uh, at the, the heart of much of Taoist philosophy, mm -hmm. yin, yang, yeah. if you will. Um, you know, we're challenged every day with people, nations, traditions, which insist that their way is the only way. Yes. And many of us individually have become attached, even addicted, right, to things yeah. that we feel, you know, we have to have in a certain yeah. way. But yet, look at your own hand. You know, you have the top part of your hand and you have the bottom part of your hand. You have the smooth part of your palm and you have a rough, more grainy part of your palm. And in fact, if you actually turn your hand over the other side, you know, all that suddenly just got reversed, right? Yeah. But yet, do you need only the top smooth part of your hand, or do you need the other part too? Yes. You know, yeah. we, we actually need all of it yeah. in order to have a totality uh, of something in existence. But yet, we become attached to having only one bit of it, the bit that seems to be in accord with where we are yeah. and, or what we've been taught to value. You know, when you were making $5,000 a year, you got by. Right. When you made $10,000 a year, you got by. Yeah. When you made 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever, $100,000, you got by. It's, if, and you're almost still the same stressed about money. Right? I know. You know, Tons of money, no money. See, that see, same so, level of anxiety so exists. So all this abundance, what was it? What did it mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, be, because we keep adjusting uh, our activity to be at the level with where we think we can af afford. Right. In terms of just monetary. Right. The, da the, da the Taoist, uh, there's a saying within Taoism, a Taoist knows when they have enough. Uh, they know when they have enough. That's, that's tricky. Which means <laughs> that's that... That's tough. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know... Whereas here in the West, we're conditioned to want more, always right. more. It's never enough. Right. Right. If you have $10 million, the next thing you want is 20. Right. Yeah. And once you get 20, oh, you want 40. Yeah. Right. There's no end to it. There's no, there's never enough. 
you're always busy. You're always striving. And then when you get it, are you satisfied? No. no. You want still more. Where's the happiness and peace and contentment in that? It doesn't it, exist. It doesn't exist. And I think if you look at our society, you see that everywhere. It's right around the corner. <laughs> I'm going to have... I'm going to finally be happy once I get that once, yeah. thing. The grass is always greener yes. somewhere else. Uh, I was... Uh, so, sorry to cut you off here. I was thinking back to the first the first sentence here. And it said, under heaven all can see beauty as beauty only because there is ugliness. Mm. And it's funny, my uh, father-in-law is a photographer. Mm. And he goes to the gritty streets uh, of like downtown LA. Mm. And he goes and he takes pictures of Skid Row. Mm. And he takes pictures of homeless people. And uh, my brother-in-law said, he says, you know, you always take pictures of things that are ugly, you know? Mm. And I was thinking, no, the fact that in his whole work, he is taking photos of these things that are ugly that we don't want to see because they make us appreciate the other side of things. But almost, I feel like as a Taoist, you can correct me if I'm wrong, looks at that ugliness and says, this is amazing. I'm so glad for this ugliness because... Without it, I would not appreciate beauty. Mm-hmm. It's like the idea of the vinegar tasters, right? Where you have uh, Confucius is tasting the vinegar and he's upset about it because it's bitter. <laughs> and the Buddha tastes the vinegar and says, oh, life is suffering, how bitter this is. And Lao Tzu tastes the vinegar and smiles <laughs> because it's supposed to taste that way. Yes. That yeah. is its nature. Yes, it's nature, exactly. And so, and like, I... And I, also that story you told, I, I love that, that you're, you say your father? Yeah, my, my father-in-law, father-in-law, yeah. father-in-law does that. I, I love that. I used to spend time doing that too, actually going down to Skid Row, going down to poor parts of, of town and just watching how people exist. Yes, they have struggles. Yes, they have challenges. But yet, you know, if you go to a small village somewhere where people, by our standards, have almost nothing. Yeah. And yet you look at the smiles on their faces. You see how they treat each other. You yes. see how they enjoy the play of their kids. The kids may have, quote, nothing except some rocks and some twigs and some leaves, and they are just engaged in the most imaginative adventure you, you, you'd ever seen. Yeah. Whereas over here, oh, I need my Xbox and I need my, you know, all of my equipment in order to have any fun, you know, the kids over here. Whereas these kids with, with just a, a, a string and a rock and a, and a leaf are, are totally engaged in, in life and, and being creative. And that not having allows them to develop that, which you may not if you just if you have the Xbox. But just having those rocks and twigs, that right. child's mind could expand to be even more creative. Right. You know, and, and the people there who are living so simply, they truly are appreciating every moment that they have with each other. Mm-hmm. You can see it in the way they look at each other. Whereas here, we're too busy to really look at each other most of the time. Yeah, we're we just see each other in passing. And, of course, most of our time we're looking into our smartphones half the time. Anyway. Oh, I'm going to set it on fire someday. <laughs> Get away from me. In fact, as a therapist and as a Taoist practitioner, uh, I, one of my prescriptions for people is to take what I call e-fast, electronic fast, yeah. where no TV, no radio, no smartphones, no computer, oh. no nothing, oh. Oh. no nothing. Just the tyranny of my mind. Just your mind. <laughs> But go for a walk, go to the park, go for a swim, go for a hike in the mountains, 
Go out to the desert at night and look at the stars. Go put your hand in the dirt. And just like that kid out there in this little village in Guatemala or someplace, sit there and just see what you can make out of the things you find on the ground. Yeah. And what does it feel like to have your feet and hands actually on Mother Earth yeah. and while you're looking up at the stars? I'm telling you, it gives you something that you can't get any other way. Right. You'll never find that in your Xbox. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So, but you will find it in just having a handful of soil out of which the earth comes what? Everything. Right. Everything that we have comes out of this interaction of heaven and earth. Yeah. Right? You know, we're getting sunlight, moonlight, starlight, you know, energy. The fact that we even exist is because a billion, billions of years ago, billions of stars exploded and put out all that plasma energy out into the universe, which then, when it cooled and, came and stilled, became other stars, planets, and us. Yeah. We literally are stardust. Yeah. Literally. That is, that is what was, there's not a, a, an atom in your body that wasn't forged in the furnace of the sun. Exactly. I think someone, it was Carl Sagan said that. Exactly. And that's the most powerful thing. You, you, you think of all the petty kind of things <laughs> you deal with on an everyday basis and get wrapped up in and focused on, and then you think, I am made of the coolest thing yes. in the world. Yes. This is, uh, this is amazing. This is, I get to experience this right now is the fact that I am, was forged in the furnace of the sun. Yes. That's even cooler than anything else I could, that's cooler than Superman. That's you magnificent. Like, yeah. But yeah. how many people are aware of that? Ever think about that? Yeah. You know? I don't know. I, I think, are, are, are people thinking about these things and just not telling me about it? Or am I the they're, only they're idiot walking it. down the street thinking, <laughs> I come from the sun? They're not thinking about it. Trust me. <laughs> okay. I, I wish they were. They're too you know? busy. Ah. They're too busy. And because they're, they don't appreciate, we don't appreciate not doing, we miss a lot. Yes. We miss a lot. And when people miss a lot, they have to replace that with something, with something else. And that something else, I think, are all the things we tend to be concerned with day by day. Yeah. Um, just to, to get back to this so we don't miss out any, mm -hmm. uh, so we can juice this fruit here we have in front <laughs> of us. Um, therefore, having and not having arise together. You need, I had an experience where I had like a job interview for a job I really wanted, and I didn't get the job. And I, I was upset for a moment, and then I thought, oh, good. I had this weird thing, maybe it's because, you know, reading too much of this, and <laughs> reading too much of this, but, you know, <laughs> I had this moment where I said, oh, that's actually wonderful that something unfortunate happened to me, because then I'll appreciate the next thing that's exactly. fortunate. Exactly. I was like, I almost wanted some rain to fall in my life. Because my life was getting too good that I would not appreciate the goodness of my life without unfortunate, you know, without yes. an unfortunate event. So it's almost like uh, this weird desire. It's almost like, you know, it would be kind of cool if I got hit by a car right now because then I'd appreciate walking. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Like We can take it too far. <laughs> yeah, we, yes. That's, knowing when enough is enough is a, a, a virtue. Yes. Um, and, and Taoists like to avoid extremes, by the way. Yes. Right? Because out of extremes comes adversity. Uh -huh. uh, too much, too little. Uh, out, out, of that, out of attachment to, to extremes comes uh, challenges that actually tend to harm us in some fashion. Yes. So the, this dynamic balance between having, not having, getting, not getting, uh, uh, appreciating things just for what they are, and if you don't get something, 
appreciating the fact that because you didn't get that, A, it may have opened, it did open up other opportunities. Because if you had gotten that, other doors would have closed. Right. And so because something that maybe wasn't in your best interest closed, that allowed you, therefore, to pursue and be ready for what showed up next. Right, yeah. You know? yeah. And, and that's why, remember I said a little while ago that my life became a lot easier once I realized that nothing ever turns out to be as bad as I think it will? Yes. Often it turns out to be much, much better. Yes. <laughs> Forget yes. about it being bad. Yeah. It becomes so much richer. If I had taken that, I never would have done all these other things that were incredible. Right, yeah. And, and, but, but if we look at things that, oh, I, I didn't get what I wanted at this moment as being a tragedy, you know, th that attachment limits our opportunities. Yes. And I think that's one of the things that Lao Tzu was getting at when he wrote these words. Therefore, the sage goes about doing nothing, teaching no talking. What, what is it? What does he mean by teaching no talking? Like uh... meditation. That's okay. Another word for meditation and pausing. And remember, words can only express what a, por a portion of reality, a tiny portion of what we're thinking. Mm -hmm. Right now, on so many levels, we are experiencing all kinds of things. There are hormonal things, neurochemical things. Uh, there are things in our subconscious. You know, if you listen to a lot of the uh, you know, traditional psychiatrists, psychologists, psychoanalysts, they say that maybe, what, 5% of our entire consciousness is actually in the conscious realm. Right here. And the rest is subconscious or unconscious. There's things going on of which we are unaware. And only a teeny fraction of that can we actually put into words. Right. So by not doing, by not talking so much, we allow ourselves to participate in that rich inner life. That much deeper, substantial, or... Yes, yeah. yes. And if you're talking all the time, you're going to miss it. Yes. You're going to miss it. There's no room for it. And thinking. You're too busy. And, think, and yeah. thinking? Uh, thinking. You would put thinking, the same thing? talking, because we think in what? Words, right? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We're thinking in words. And, and so... All Taoists spend a, a lot of time not talking, not thinking, not doing, because that allows more of reality to actually come into existence. Yeah. It was already there, but it wasn't in our existence because we could not perceive it. We were too busy thinking, too busy talking, too busy doing, too busy working, too busy doing something than allowing these things that are already there to become a part of our existence. So it's like not, not, not talking, not doing is its own act of creation. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'd like to thank everybody for tuning into uh, our, our, our show, our, our show with no name as of right now. We'll stick it in later. Uh, I'd like to, to thank Dr. Carl Totten. 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 I was trying to get, get pronounce that correctly. It's Totten. just like cotton, but with a T. Perfect. Uh, and, and I'm Todd Perry, and we'll be back on the uh, next show. And, uh, yeah, enjoy it. Tell your friends. To learn more about the show, check us out online at whatsthisdow.com. Follow the show on Twitter at whatsthisdow. Follow Todd Perry on Twitter at Todd A. Perry.
Now, don't follow leaders and watch your parking meters. Wow, really? <laughs> <laughs>